It's astounding. Time is fleeting. Madness takes its toll. But listen closely. Not for very much longer. I've got to keep control. Welcome to our weekly matchup gridiron podcast for week seven. I'm your host, Huck Breeze, joined as always by Scott Shattuck. How are we feeling today, Scott? Feeling good. Feeling good. Another week, new week, new uh, new agenda, new uh, new opponent. You know, so you got to put the leave the past in the past and move on to the future, regardless if last week was good, bad, or ugly. So yeah. You're the best at that. You like to put the past in the past. You like to put it in the past real quick. Uh, You've gotten Mm -hmm. rid of, you know, a lot of these players that maybe have rubbed you the wrong way. So uh, you're you're the king of that. Mr. You know, what what have you done for me lately? So, uh, you know, I don't don't care about a resume. I don't care about what you did two, three years ago, last year, whatever. I don't even give a shit what you did two weeks ago. I want to know what you're doing right now. Yep. And uh, that's what we're looking for. That's definitely a strategy. All right. Um, want to start out with something fun today, something a little lighter, uh, a gridiron records quiz. You ready? Uh, ready as I'll ever be. Okay. So who has the most losses in a single season, not counting the playoffs, in the history of the gridiron? It's got to be me or Brad. Maybe a tie. There's actually... Never been somebody who has only who has won zero or one game. It's never happened in the history of the Great Iron. So pressure's on Sky Hedman. Uh, but two wins has happened six times. Twice by Cameron, 2010, 2006. Once by you, 2015. Once by myself, 2017. Oh wow! Once, yeah, I know, right? I mean, 2015 is pretty recent too. Well, I think mine was after a championship season. Was yours too? Uh, No, no. My, I. I'm saying those are rough years. They are rough years. It's really tough to come back. But mine was uh, after 2000. It was two years after a championship. So I kind of, it it was bad. That was my three kicker year, I think. (laughs) Or, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or two kicker, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a good draft. All right, I was hammered. Uh, <laughs> once by in 2006 by the Foopslayer, won two games. Oh, was that his first year? Uh, that was maybe, yeah, I think that was his first yeah, year. Maybe his first or second year, yeah. And so he always claims like, oh, he never got last. Uh, him and Cameron both won two games that late year, and he beat Cameron by like 150 points. Very close to last, second to last, but uh, I guess if that's what he wants to harp on. And uh, Daniel Gamboa in 2005 also, uh, that was his only year in the league, and he got two wins. Okay. So, moving on to the next question. Who has the most wins in a single season? Not kind of the playoffs. 
in the history of the gridiron. Got any idea? Mm-hmm. Well, I know. I mean, Chase's championship last year, he had a lot of wins. I know that. Uh, I'm trying to think of, like, championship teams that went in, like, almost first seed or first seed. Um, I want to say maybe either Chase or maybe – didn't Clay go in first seed a couple years? I mean, I'm talking most wins in a regular season. Not kind of – Yeah, I know. That, that's what I'm saying. That's how I remember them is, like, how the seeds they go in and how strong they're going into playoffs. I want to say either Chase or Clay. Uh, no, neither of them. Uh, we have the Dream Team. Uh, is one of one of the people that started this league back in 2004. I went 12 and two in 2004. Uh, that's when we had 14 regular season games. Shortly after that, um, by recommendation of him, uh, because he lost in the playoffs, uh, because we went all the way to week 17, and in week 17, LT Ladainian Thompson did not play in the no. championship. Uh, so uh, in 2005, we shortened it to 16 weeks and the regular season would be 13 weeks. Anyway, uh, yeah, that's 12 and two. Uh, in 2007, John Breeze, my brother, uh, while he was still in the league, he went 12 and one in the regular season, only losing one game. Neither of those people won the championship. Uh, John mm-hmm. Breeze in 2007 lost to Scott Payne. Uh, that was the year of Brady to Moss. So, um, so yeah, that that's the regular season records. Uh, we have interesting streaks during the year. So, who do you think has the longest win streak in the history of the gridiron? Uh, I might go with one. I guess if I wasn't right on the last two, I might, I might just go with them, stick with them. Because, like I said, I know they had pretty long win, uh, pretty big win totals at the end of the season. So, I'll go with Clay. Clay is not on the list. It's interesting. Very interesting, this one. So John Breeze in 2007, it's hard to win, uh, you know, 12 games and not have the record for the most uh, wins in in a row unless you lose right in the middle. Um, He won nine in a row to to finish off the regular season. So uh, he he was three and one, lost week four, and then won nine in a row. also, in 2009, Gaspar Rodriguez won nine in a row in his one year. Yeah, I remember his one year. He did pretty well. Yeah, yeah. One, uh, one year, and he uh, won nine in a row. Did not win a playoff game. I believe he lost all three playoff games, but has a nine-game win streak under his belt. So that's a little bizarre. Um, so, yeah. All right. Let's go to single players, okay? Ooh. Uh, single players who have the most points in a single week from every position. Okay, I'm going I'm to give you one guess for each of these. Let's start with quarterback. Who do you think has the most points in the 18 years of the gridiron at the quarterback position? One week, one single week. One single week. I'm trying to think of those like 500 yard games. I know Ben had a couple and like maybe who was the other one that had them? Was it Fitzgerald? Um, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to go with one of them because I know like they've had some crazy weeks. So in 2013, Peyton Manning week one against the Ravens after being, 
bounced by them in the playoffs the year prior, scored 67 points uh, week one. Was that week, were like seven touchdowns or something? Seven touchdowns, 426 yeah. yards. Okay. So you I was get, saying it was either yards or touchdowns. Yeah. Well, I mean, after 400 yards, you yeah. don't get any more bonus, yeah. you know. Uh, but, that, uh, yeah, that's – that's 23 points off of just pure yardage. Um, mm-hmm. And then if you throw seven touchdowns in, in the mix, you're getting 42 points off of uh, um, whatever. He got sacked three times and got the bonus uh, for, the, for the passing yardage, so 67 points. Um, honorable mention, Mike Vick, in week 10 <laughs> of 2010, ran for two and 80 yards and passed for four. Uh, so he had six touchdowns all on his own, uh, 370 yards. So he didn't get the bonus through the air, but he did end up with 59 points, which is I think third best. I think we got a Drew Brees in there. He had a 60 point game. Um, but yeah, those are the top quarterbacks. Can you give me a little stab at what you think a running back might be? I have to go like old school, like LT or something, or maybe Sean Alexander, maybe. You're on the right track. You're on the right you know, track. I, I'd have to think it's somewhere around that age. You know, I don't think anybody in the past 15 years has really stood out enough. You know, like Christian McCaffrey was great last year, but not single game. Like even Derrick Henry, actually. Derrick Henry, maybe. He had a couple. He's had some a few huge games. But uh, it just, it's just not the same as it was in, in yeah. you know, in our early year, early it, days. It felt like days. Right. We used to look at running backs like quarterbacks and vice versa. Remember? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Clint Portis, week 14. Clint Portis. Wow, Clint never Portis. would have guessed that. Yeah, Broncos, week 14, 2003, or 2003. So our first year in the league, five touchdowns on the ground, 242 yards, uh, six catches. I'm sorry, two catches for 34 yards. Uh, you know so who that was? I believe like it was the, the Like the NFL team, the Chiefs? Okay. I want to say it's the Chiefs. Uh, yeah, but uh, but yeah, and honorable mention, this was a little bit more recent. Jamal Charles, week 15, 2013, had 55 points. Uh, I believe that was for Neil, probably. Uh, only 20 yards on the ground and one rushing touchdown. Uh, but I think he had like 10 catches for 190 yards and four touchdowns through the air. Wow. So it was one of those like screen yeah. games that, I don't know how they could stop him, but he scored 55 uh, in that game. So, so yeah. All right. Uh, Moving on to receivers. Do you have any idea who may have the top receiver spot? I'm going to go with either Josh Gordon, AJ Green, or Randy Moss when he's with Brady. You are correct. Uh, Josh Gordon. He was not with Tom Brady. But, no, no, I was saying Randy Moss when he was with Brady. But, yeah, uh, yeah, but yeah. Gordon in general, because he had some amazing days when he was with the Browns, probably. The only person to have back-to-back 200-yard weeks as a receiver ever in the history of, I mean, football. Uh, he had 48 points on week 13, 2014. 248 yards and a couple scores. Um, so he definitely got that yardage boostage. Plus the... Uh, bonus, of course. Was that against the Steelers? Uh, no, that was against the Jaguars, and they lost. Okay. Yeah, because he also got 200 yards against the Steelers, I think, the week before the next week, but and they also lost. It, it was just one of those things where, like, 
Ike Taylor would just keep them in front of him. It's like, you can catch it, but I'm going to tackle you. Or you can catch it, and I'm going to tackle you, and it's fine. It's like they, it was like a controlled bleeding. Right, right. <laughs> um, looking through these, it, it's kind of sad. Uh, you know, you, you don't see the running backs. Running backs, you, you have them s- scattered in here. If you're looking for the yeah. quarterback records, like the top 10 have been set in the past 20 years. Um, it's just it's crazy. Uh, if you're looking for running backs, you scatter, you can sprinkle in a few here and there in the last 20 years. A lot of them are from the seventies, eighties, whatever. Um, if you're looking for receivers, zero of them, zero of the top 10 receiving games are in the last, uh, 20 years. It, it's kind of sad. I mean, Jerry Rice, we didn't play in the days of Jerry Rice being a fantasy. He was a fantasy monster. Um, Oh yeah, yeah. Thirteen catches, two hundred five TDs. I mean, just wrecking people. I mean, he is. He has three of the top ten on this list. It's amazing. Um, but yeah, I mean, he right. had a whole different workouts regimen. His his game was completely different. When the fourth quarter, when other people were getting tired, he was just getting going. He, yeah. he used to run a 20-mile 20, 20 hill and, uh, hill and uh, track run behind his house. And so, I mean, in a normal football game for a wide receiver, you're talking about Max running about four to five miles. So, mm-hmm. I mean, he's just getting going in the fourth, fourth quarter. And that's why you see, like, third and fourth quarter, he's burning people away in those old, on those old games. Yeah. It just, you know, plays to how good he was. I mean, it's mm-hmm. amazing. He, he is the best receiver of all time. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah. Um, let's go to tight ends. This is not really that impressive. Um, but go ahead and give me your guesses for most points in a single week from a tight end. I mean, I would maybe think Tony G back in the day, if he had some crazy three or four touchdown game, or if not, uh, what's going Antonio Gates? Uh, yeah. So it's Antonio Gates, Antonio Gates, yeah. week seven, 2005. He had three touchdowns, 145 yards, 10 catches for 44 points in the gridiron. Um, Gronk was only half a point back in week seven, 2014. So, uh, 43.5 points, very, very close honorable mention, but that's still 44 points, 43.5 points. I mean, it's good. It's just not, it's not, you know, blowing you out of the water. Um, let's move on to kickers. Tell me what you think for kickers. Uh, is it, uh, tell me it's, uh, what was that fat, drunk bastard for the Raiders for so long? Janikowski. Uh, yeah, was it Janikowski? It was not Janikowski. Because <laughs> oh, sometimes he'd hit like four or five 50-yarders in the game, you know, because they kind of sucked for a while. But Right. And, yeah, and different leagues have uh, different scores. You know, they, you know, sometimes they, uh, they have different numbers of points for 40 to 49 yards 50 plus yeah. whatever and there's like um, no difference i've had i played one where there's no difference between a 30 to up all the way up to like a 45 yarder or something and i was like what right and there's another where they did no negative points for missed field goals and <laughs> there's a lot <laughs> there's a lot of different ways people play trust me right so the record not in our league uh which is very interesting this is probably the most interesting thing i've read all day uh and i've read a lot of shit today um, so Rob Baronis has the record for, uh, NFL field goals in a game against the Texans back in 07. It was, uh, Ooh. October, October 21st, Rob Baronis for the Titans. Rob Baronis. Exactly. Uh, he was a perfect day for eight and an NFL record. 
at 32 points in the gridiron, which is impressive. Trust me. And very impressive. 32 points out of your kicker. Uh, not the record for number, record. number of points. The record is going to be 32.5. Uh, that is by Jay Feely for the Cardinals, December 19th, 2010. Feely. So Jay Feely had five field goals, three extra points, and a five-yard rushing touchdown. 32.5 wow, points. The five-yard rushing touchdown, huge. Yes, yes. Five-yard tar- five rushing touchdown for Jay Feely back in 2010. That uh, may have uh, – that. if I'm watching that, my kicker runs in a five-yard rushing touchdown. Uh, oh, boy, I'm cheering. Oh, boy, I'm off the couch. I would be so happy. <laughs> <laughs> if my kicker could just run in a touchdown, I would be so happy. <laughs> just turn turn the season around, man. That would just turn your season around. Uh, let's do defenders. Uh, so this is a tough one because not a lot of people do IDP. So you really got to dig in to get the pointage. Uh, but what do you? Who do you think has the biggest point? Uh, points for? I would think it would have to be a, like some sort. It, it's either like a double or triple pick six or it's like an extreme sack game mm-hmm. so i'm gonna guess maybe a james harrison or it could just be some random db you know that gets like two or three picks from a terrible quarterback that just can't stop well it's no random uh db okay so uh donald McNabb threw two picks to this man uh in one half both for touchdowns uh, and that would be Rondé Barber. Rondé week, Barber. Okay. Week seven, two thousand six. He had seven tackles, two pick sixes, and a forced fumble. Forty three points. Yeah. So that's pretty amazing. Honorable mention: Deon, uh, D'Angelo Hall, week seven, two thousand ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, four picks off Jay Cutler. Uh, Jesus. Four picks. Yeah. Himself. See, it's got to be one of those guys where the coach is just like, nah, he's got it. And it's like he's thro- he turned the ball over four times. Like, nah, put him back out there. And <laughs> Jay Cutler's just like, no, I'll get it this time. Oh, again? Oh, again? <laughs> it's just like, yeah. just like Could yeah. you imagine, like, being at that game as a Bears fan? Just like, really? God. No, I, I don't just think stop I could... throwing it to him. Stop. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> stop. <laughs> I would leave. Um, they bring uh, him back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, forty-one points, not not something to to frown at. So yeah, that's our that's our little uh, um, our trip down memory lane, if you will. Um, let's get into our next segment, trick or treat. All right, so we're going to decide whether these injured players, currently injured in the gridiron, are a trick or a treat. I'm going to start with Austin Eckler. Tell me why you think he's a trick or a treat. Well, I'm going to have to go with Trick right now because I don't like what the the coach or the doctors are saying about how serious the hamstring injury is and the fact that he might not even come back after the IR situation. That's not that's it's not positive things to read at all. You can't. I'm not going to lie. So, I'm going to go I'm going to stick with Trick right now because hamstring injuries can be very tricky you, because you can feel fine and then all of a sudden it just pulls up, you know. Mm-hmm. So, uh Sticking with treat. What about you? So I'm going. Oh, you're going to say treat or treat? Uh, no, I'm going trick. I'm going trick. Trick, 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 trick. You don't want him. You don't want trick. You don't yes. want that trick. 
I know. I'm also going to say Trick, and I know I've had offers uh, for him, uh, but I'm being a realist, and I'm holding on to him just for the chance that he does come back. And is there's the, always a chance, right? And and you know, I to have him and and another running back, you know, back to back. That's that's why I drafted him. Uh, but yes, the words last week that said that uh, he's going to be back later rather than sooner. Um, that they were talking week 11, 12. Uh, if the Chargers don't win enough games in between now and then, we might not see Eckler. They might string us along until, you know, we see something like, well, we're just going to send him down for the rest of the year or something like that. I mean, you saw it with A.J. Green last year. Whoever owned A.J. Green was hoping that he would come back and be the wide receiver two, wide receiver three for them. And every single week, the coach would say, you know, he's getting on the field, he's working out, we got him on the bike, et cetera, et cetera. And then eventually – it was like week 14, week 15, and it was like, that's it. You know, he's done. Uh, so yeah. that's what I'm worried about with Eckler. I'm worried that uh, he's going to, you know, extend it out, and then eventually they're just going to cut it. Um, so I'm going to give him the trick designation. How about Michael Thomas? What do you think of Michael Thomas? Look, uh, Michael Thomas is, is, is a very trick-or-treat kind of guy. Because obviously he could be a great treat, but <laughs> what in the fuck is going on with you, man? Like, is he AB? Did he just say get AP's AB's playbook? And be like, oh, is this how I fuck my career up? But I'm gonna stick with treat right now. I think he's gonna come back and be and be a solid player. I, I'm gonna say trick, and not because I just traded him away. Um, I'm going to say trick because a lot of times when you see this narrative, a lot of times when you see people acting up in the background and being hurt as a combination, uh, it's not a good combination. You get back on the field um, and something goes wrong. And and a lot of times it's just a, a, a year full of headaches. So I'm going to say treat or I'm, I'm sorry, trick. Um, you know, I hope I'm wrong because the NFL is better with Michael Thomas in it. Uh, but but we'll just we'll just have to see. Let's let's keep it going to the next one. Nick Chubb, you think he's a trick or a treat? I think it's treat. I think he's going to come back. Um, I think they have a good offensive line, and uh, they have to depend on the run game because uh, Baker uh, can't throw it when uh, all the, unless it's behind a play action. So he'll come back and be stronger later on in the season. Yeah, I'm going to say treat as well. Um, I think his injury is not that serious. I know IR takes on a different meaning this year than it has in the past. Um, you know, people, IR used to be like a death sentence in the past. Yeah. You put on IR, it's like, oh God, I'm dropping him. Uh, IR is three weeks. You're out three weeks, so I can bring up somebody else. Um, he's on our IR right now. You'll see him in the next, uh, you know, maybe next week. Um, and uh, he's going to be back to his old form. I'm sure they won't bring him back. At, uh, you know, unless they absolutely need him with Hunt. Hunt's running the ball pretty well for them. Um, so, you know, I think Chubb is a treat going forward. Let's start with one of the two Eagles that we have on this list. Zach Ertz, trick or treat? I'm going to go with trick. He hasn't been good when he's been health healthy, and I'm doing air quotations there, mm-hmm. and he's not good now while he's unhealthy. So uh, even w- when he would come back, I wouldn't expect him to do much because he hadn't done much to begin with. So, Yeah. And uh, I uh, – this is a really tough one because I want to say treat because of, 
you know how we started the year with tight ends just blowing up and everybody was scoring two tight ends and we, we or two touchdowns and we talked about we should have two tight end league. Well, that's really died off last three or four weeks. There's like, there's like <laughs> there's no tight ends. Tight ends out there. There's so many bad tight ends. That, you know, it's really hard to find a good tight end. There's nobody out there scoring points. Um, so, like I said, I really want to make him a treat just so that we can have, you know, He's better than most options out there, um, but he's a, <laughs> he, he's a he's a trick. Because, he's better than the worst. Yes, uh, <laughs> I agree. If he's if he comes back on the field, it's like, would you rather have Zach Ertz or would you rather have? He could be Logan a, Thomas. He has been a top four tight end before. That's on, that's before undeniable. like for four or five years straight. I mean, it was in my 2017. Uh, I'm sorry, my 2018 championship. Uh, he was my tight end, and he caught over 100 balls. I mean, he. Was... I think he might have been my tight end in championship too. Like, <laughs> right, like, like six years ago, I guess. Yeah, he's he's been. Yeah, but that's good part of the, the problem, though. We're talking about a while ago. That's I... part of the problem. Okay. Because you have to think about the tight end. They're a very tricky situation. They're the weakest of the strong guys and the slowest of the fast guys. It doesn't last long. Not always. I mean, Just some... saying. Evan Ingram's out there running four four forties, and you know maybe this week, and then he gets hit, and it's like, all right, all yes, right, he gets injured, and he's <laughs> off injured. Anyway, I'm gonna say trick with Urch just because um, I, I think that he's gonna be hobbled all season. When Goddard comes back, there's no reason to rush him back. So um, I'm gonna go with trick. Let's move on to the last of this list, and another Eagle, Miles Sanders. I know you have strong opinions on him. Do you think he's a trick or a treat? I think he's a treat. Once he comes back, I think he'll be okay. I, I was just worried about the uh, injury to his knee, but uh, it's it's not too serious. They were even, you know, if it wasn't Thursday game, they may have uh, played him. So I, I think he'll be all right and he'll come back. He's one of the few shining points in that offense. Uh, Ertz is just getting tossed around, so he's checking him down all day. So it's uh, it's not a bad situation to be in. I just can't afford any more losses. And he, I was thinking he might be out uh, for at least a week, two or more. So. Yeah, I I'm gonna say trick, um, and and the reason is that not just Miles Sanders when he comes back 100% healthy, if he can stay 100% healthy, but the fact that the Eagles' running back position just isn't that lucrative, and you'll probably see it tonight with uh, Boston Scott. So in last year, uh, Miles Sanders finished strong, and it caused people like you to come into the fantasy season and say he's worth a second round pick. Miles Sanders, somebody I really want, and it's, you know, the days of Doug Peterson having four running backs is over. Miles Sanders is the guy who's going to get all the passing yards, all the rushing yards, going to, you know, be top 10 scorer. Uh, he really hasn't shown that. I know he did well against Pittsburgh uh, last week, and, uh, you know, or a couple weeks ago, and he's done well in the past against, you know, on, on a one week basis, but it's so volatile. I just don't think that the Eagles running back is a really solid uh, producer of points from, uh, you know, whatever, for, for the running back position. So I'm going to say trick because not only do you have to wait on him to come back from injury on whatever injury um, he may, you know, get between now and the end of the season, um, but also you have to depend on an Eagles running back situation uh, that may not be the best in the league. But all right. So – so how how do you feel about the trade? I'm just curious. Um, I I don't feel good about uh, what you got 
I would have rather kept Miles Sanders. Like, I'm, we're not talking about Le'Veon Bell being a trick or treat here. Um, well, I'm just curious. Yeah. So, what do you think is Le'Veon Bell? Trick-or-treat? I would have had rather have Miles Sanders because okay. the chances of Miles Sanders getting 20 points is mm-hmm. way better than the chance of Le'Veon Bell getting 20 points. Um, mm-hmm. Le'Veon Bell is somebody that we hold in our hearts as a top five running back. And we think that he can play like a top five running back, but he hasn't played like a top five running back in three years. So we still hold this hope that Le'Veon Bell is going to go out there and catch a screen or hit the outside hole and bust, you know, 50 yard runs for touchdowns and just go insane. Yes. Yes. You hope that, that, yes, you hope that that will happen. Um, I don't see it. I mean, he has to do that while he's on the field. He hasn't shown he can do that. He's going to share time with CEH. He's going to share time with Daryl Williams. Uh, and and oh. on top of that, Kansas City passed the ball like 75% of the time. So I see Le'Veon Bell as like a, a running back three and in some cases running back four. And you traded a really volatile running back one slash two to max for him. So while I do think uh, Sanders is a trick, I – do think you got gypped on that offer? So was, uh, <laughs> I traded him a trick for an even trickier trick. Ah, man. Okay. You may, you may have gotten the trickiest trick. We'll see. Uh, it's, well, it's yet to be seen. I think, you know, everything is uh, in, uh, you know, in light of what's going to happen till the end of the season. So only then we'll tell who the real winners and losers are. True. Absolutely. Um, let's keep going. What everybody's been waiting for, week six is over. So it's time for the week seven matchups. Let's go ahead and start with Dad versus Eternal Touchdown. What do you think? I think this is one of the easier matchups here. I think Dad is just going to stomp Eternal Touchdown this week. He's dealing with a lot of buys, obviously, starting with uh, well, quarterback being gone and a couple of his other main players being injured or on buy. But Dad also has some great matchups. I think that uh, Cleveland's defense is, have, has been getting lit up lately, and Eric Rodgers is going to come back with a fucking vengeance after last week at Houston. So Deshaun Watson better be ready to put up some fucking points. But it's a whole other situation. Uh, because, I mean, Turtle Jones got Will Fuller, but I don't think it'll be a good, uh, be enough versus Odell Beckham Jr., Cooks, and, uh, and Williams versus Cincinnati, Green Bay, and Jacksonville. Like I said, again, his matchups are much better. It's just I think Dad is going to run away with this, right? Just looking at his offense down to Kamara and, and Lindsey versus Kansas City and Carolina, like there's not much chance for a total touchdown, and this is going to be my lock for the week. Wow. Okay. I mean, it's a good lock. I'll give you that. Um, I've been yeah, I've been bad on my lock, so I needed a layup. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I agree with you. I think that uh, that Clay is you know even if he does something between now. And Sunday, unless he just absolutely dismantles his team, gets rid of Kittle, gets rid of some of these receivers, he's probably not going to get a quarterback that's worth anything. Uh, the New England matchup is one of his worst worst problems because right. like the only he put up two hundred last week is because Garoppolo and, and San Francisco did so well. But I do not see that at New England and Fitzpatrick. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I feel like yeah, he used up a lot of magic. Yeah, uh, yeah. I love Kamara against Carolina. I, I think Brad's team has a bunch of good matchups. I think Brad's team's pretty good. 
um, overall. You know, I don't think his defense shows up all the time. I think that, they're, like I said, they're a home run. I'll say that every week. They're a home run or they're a strikeout. Um, and so, you know, I, I'd like to see him be a little bit more consistent on a regular basis. They're not. You know, it's, it's whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clay is a ton of buys uh, this week. A lot of his his kickers on by his his whole all of his um, his uh, Miami Dolphins are on by, and yet he's not making any moves. So uh, he doesn't have many to spare. I know he doesn't have many to spare, but you know you make a trade here and there. Um, I'm just gonna let you know, Clay, and if you're listening to this, two and five is almost a death sentence. I mean, that's yeah, you're on your deathbed. You know, and not yeah. saying that you can't get better. Uh, but you could be, uh, you could be dying here soon. So it's not something you can just punt away uh, in in week seven of the fantasy season. So we'll see what he does. But I think uh, I, I'm going to be confident in Dad, no matter what eternal touchdown does from here on. So I'm going to pick Dad this week. Uh, let's keep it moving. Uh, Ulysses S. Grant versus Disco Lemonade. What you got? This will be a really close matchup, actually. Uh, three and three versus four and two. Uh, the quarterback situation is interesting because Tom Brady at Las Vegas, I think he's going to be trying to uh, uh, still keep clicking with that offense, obviously. And But Kyler Murray versus Seattle in prime time is, looks pretty appetizing. So that could uh, wash out right there with some pretty high point total. total. The difference in the game might end up being between Drew Locke versus Kansas City and Gardner Minshew at Chargers. Gardner Minshew's matchup is a lot harder at the Chargers. Drew Locke should have an easier day versus Kansas City, but he was pretty fucking awful last week. So, But granted, they both were. So that that's kind of a Achilles heel for this matchup, is if one of those quarterbacks can show up and look like, I don't know, a fucking quarterback. But Disco Lemonade's wide receivers really, I think to me, even with the tough matchups with uh, Chicago, Denver, and Buffalo, I just like them better. I like Robert Woods, Tyreek Hill, Jameson Crowder a lot more than Cooper Cup, Patterson, and Deontay Johnson. So, moving into the running backs, Henry and Jones versus Mixon and Gibson. I'm going to give Disco Lemonade the, uh, the push right there again. Kelsey's a bit of a win for Ulysses says Grant, but way too late for a position battle win on your tight end. And Hurst could blow up too, so their defenses aren't bad, but it's not going to be enough. I'm giving Disco Eliminate the win, but I think it's going to be close. I mean, yeah, this is a tough one also. Um, I, I I can't stand Drew Locke, not, not as a person or anything. I just don't like any of his matchups. <laughs> oh, do you know him? Have you met I, him? Was he I just – you watched him last week, and Denver won the game, and they kicked like six field goals. They, they cannot score touchdowns. You play to win the game. I guess, yeah. Uh, but if if Sam Darnold shows that he is even slightly healthy, um, which he it looks like he might play, uh, I would play Sam Darnold in this situation. I don't think it. Yeah, helps. Adam Gase is a great coach. Definitely play his offensive players. They're well coached and prepared for games. I mean, still, it's just it's just one of those things where it's like you know. Max's team's like a Jekyll and Hyde. One week, it's like, wow, they look good. I remember when he had Tom Brady, and I, pre- I believe he had Rosper. And ben, yeah. And, and, and some pretty good receivers, and he had, you know, CEH, and he traded all around after he went 0-3, and, and he's won three in a row. But his team just – it just doesn't look good. I mean, you dropped uh, Deontay Johnson. And I didn't really hate on the whole Deontay Johnson drop. I mean, he scored damn two points in the last four weeks. So it's not, you know – T- that terrible of a drop 
Um, but, you know, he's trying to piece together this wide receiver core, uh, you know, in bye weeks by just paying nothing or doing nothing. So he, he got a free agent. He got Patterson for from me for a DB. Um, I There's some of these matchups. I like Gibson against Dallas. I like mm-hmm. Brady against Las Vegas. Um, yeah. You know, Kelsey against Denver. I like those. I like Max's defense better when it's 100% healthy. But on the other side, uh, Neil's team is pretty much full go. Uh, Murray against Seattle, love it. I don't like Minshew against uh, the Chargers. I hate every team that plays the Chargers because that defense. Yeah, it's pretty, It's good defense. It's really it is. Good defense. It's a good defense, and there's a lot of good stars, and there's a lot of good stars coming back this week to face Minshew. Mm-hmm. So, again, I don't think he hits that 21.75. Uh, you know, and Derek Henry. does a good negative. You're <laughs> right. And Derrick Henry plays Pittsburgh. I, I don't like, uh, you know, that matchup either. Uh, but regardless of all that, Neil just has more talent, more people in the right spot. Uh, I think Derrick Henry could do pretty good against Pittsburgh. I mean, I watched that game. I rewatched the game against uh, Texans and their week, uh, their game the week before against Buffalo. Their offensive line's pretty fucking strong, and they have uh, their rest. The rest really helped, I think. Um, so it's uh, – and Vrabel, Vrabel knows how to play the Steelers, so it, it, it's going to be a tough matchup. I, I think, uh, I think, I think Henry could have a decent day. Maybe, maybe you might be, you might be right. Um, I just, I personally, I'm taking the Steelers in that game, and I, I think that that defense, even without Devin Bush, is going to be really tough to handle uh, against Derrick Henry. I don't, I don't know if he reached that 16.56, but, uh, but I'm going to go ahead and take Neil anyway. I think he wins this one and, and puts an end to Max's, uh, three game win streak. So, all right, let's keep it going. Poopy two versus the maestro. What do you think? I think maestro comes roaring back in this one for a win after last week. Russell Wilson at Arizona in prime time. He's not going to want to get embarrassed by the kid. Baker Mayfield at Cincinnati is finally going to have an easier matchup. And he's been, and you know, Odell Beckham Jr. has been talking shit. So he'll probably want the ball a lot and all sorts of shit. And Poopy Two's got a really tough matchup with Goff versus Chicago. Now it's Monday night. That's nice, but you don't want it versus Chicago. It's very tough defense. Beat Brady a couple weeks ago. No fucking joke there. So, and then he's got followed up with Taysom Hill. You know, maybe something, maybe not. You never know, but not enough to depend on. And then going into their wide receivers, Keenan Allen, Mari Cooper, and Hugs, love them all. I mean, DK Metcalf might have enough to bring them back, and maybe if Moore has a big game, and maybe Chenault, but that's a whole lot of fucking maybes, and you don't want to be betting on fucking maybes. So you move into the running backs, and obviously Maestro got his all his stars back, with Aaron Jones and Carson. So Maestro takes in this one a uh, slam dunk, I think. Yeah, Maestro's going to be my lock of the week. Uh, I think Maestro could beat a lot of people. I mean, he's got just spectacular matchups in most of the spots. Yeah. Uh, Mayfield had a terrible week last week against Pittsburgh. Comes out against Cincinnati. Cincinnati's got Swiss cheese, DBs. I think, uh, you know, he can he can do obviously better than the two, two and a half pathetic points put up last week. Uh, Russell Wilson against Arizona. Now that got pushed back to Sunday night. Now, Last year, we always thought of Arizona as being this really bad defense. Uh, They're the number two overall defense right now in the NFL. Yes, they've had some lopsided games. Yes, they've played games like they did against Dallas on Sunday without Dak. uh, That makes it look a little bit better. Um, But I still think Russell Wilson. 
Uh, Russell Wilson's the key there. And what have we talked about about running backs and when they play Houston? Um, play them. They're going to go insane. Uh, Aaron Jones against Houston this week. We had Derrick Henry last yeah. week. And the week four is Dalvin Cook. All three of them were top one or two in running backs. Houston cannot stop the run. We just know this now. Um, so Aaron Jones is primed to have a big day. Uh, Keenan Allen against Jacksonville. I'm sure that's a high scoring game, uh, you know, in, in a couple different aspects. And I think Keenan Allen's going to get his, um, but yeah, on the other side, the real bad thing is golf against Chicago on a normal week. Golf against Chicago is one that I'm like, Ooh, stay away. That is not one I want to see. And uh, it just so happens that he doesn't have another quarterback to back up on. Uh, I'd love to see this the first time Taysom's been deployed as a QB two. I knew we'd talk about this during the year or before the year started. Taysom hasn't really been Taysom Hill-esque that we thought he'd be. Uh, Now, we have to remember, he averaged four points last year. And so this year, his his high is 7.3. It's not like he's... Right. It's not like he's underperforming by that much. Uh, So I am rooting for him this week, especially against Carolina. I just don't think it's a replacement for any other quarterback. Now, uh, again, some of these matchups just don't favor uh, cause Clyde Edwards-Alaire 13.2 against a Denver defense on the road in the mile high. It's just not something I, I, I really think favors him. I think overall, uh, Maestro's defense is better than causes. Um, and I'd love to see these two teams match up at full strength. It just seems like uh, Maestro is just going to overpower him this week. So I'm going yeah. to lock Maestro. All right. So Notorious versus Last Man Standing. Who you got? You know, I think this is going to be another pretty good game. I, You know, I like his quarterback situation now, Big Ben and, and Josh Allen. I know you're saying Josh Allen's on his slumping a little, but at Jets is a great fucking matchup yeah. versus Dalton, who looks like he needs a couple games, like a preseason to warm up, I suppose. Uh, not as good as I thought he might come off as, uh, come out as. Um and Cam Newton, he came off a really bad game last week. San Francisco's defense is starting to step up a little bit more, so it might not get any prettier. So I'm going to give Notorious the edge there. Going into their running, uh, going into their wide receivers, Devontae Adam, A.J. Brown, uh, Robbie Anderson versus Mike, uh, Mike Evans, DJ Shark, and Julian Edelman. i got to give Notorious the edge there as well. Then James Conner, Dave Montgomery. Dave Montgomery's not amazing, but James Conner could have a decent day versus Tennessee because he's been coming on lately versus Josh Jacobs, who is good, but Fonte Freeman for the Giants, I don't think you're going to get much out of that. Then Waller versus Henry on the tight ends. I think Waller wins there. Going into their defenses, I still like deep, uh, Notorious' defense. So I'm going to take Notorious here. I think it's going to be a close game, pretty high scoring, though. Yeah, I love Notorious' defense, uh, even without Darius Leonard right now. Um, I like it, you know, top to bottom here. I think he's yeah. he's done a great job putting that together. Um, why is Cam Newton 
projected to get more against San Francisco than than Ben Roethlisberger against Tennessee. I don't understand. I watched Cam Newton play last week, and I know it's just one week. I know there's multiple, uh, you know, times that Cam Newton has come out and played well throughout the season. Uh, but Cam Newton really hasn't really blown anybody away except for that that one week two against Seattle where he had 38 points. Uh, he's he's a QB two in my book. He's not anywhere. He's not that borderline guy that I thought he might be after two weeks. He's a for sure QB two, and he's facing San Francisco. Not a tough or not an easy matchup for him. Andy Dalton looked like just pure garbage. Um, any normal person that was gonna you know really fight for their season that was one in five would have tried to sell Newton, tried to sell Dalton, tried to get rid of some of these people and move some of these people around. And he just, I mean, he's not interested in doing that. Um, I, I think that on the other side, yes, I think Josh Allen has been underperforming, but uh, going into this game against the Jets, this is one of the worst teams. I know we say this every year about the, the worst team in the league. This is one of the worst teams I've ever seen. The Jets are awful. The players are leaving. I, it's so yeah. bad. Um, so, you know, Josh Allen should get, I mean, he could be out in the fourth quarter just so they can get Matt Barkley some work or something like that. This could be like a 40 to 10 game. Uh, I think Josh Allen does, does well. Um, overall, his team's just much more talented than Scott's. Uh, you know, Connor and Montgomery is, are, even though their matchups aren't really favorable against Tennessee and, and the Rams, I think they're just better than, than Freeman. Jacobs probably is a better running back, but it's just not that great of a situation. Um, yeah, I like all three of his receivers better than all three of Scott's receivers. Um, you know, in, I Scott's team was one that I may have been wrong about. I thought that he would do a lot better than he has. I think with Dak Prescott, this is a totally different game, totally different team. Uh, but, you know, seeing what I saw last week, trust me, I watched that. Or I, you know, I watched the highlights of that game. And it was just, just awful. So uh, I'm going to go with Notorious this week to, to win pretty easy and put Scott away for the season. All right. Uh, next matchup, Rumham against Unicycle Polar Bears. What you got? This will be probably one of the other high-scoring matches matchups of the week. I, I mean, their quarterbacks, I think, both have uh, – some really good situations. Matt Ryan versus Detroit, Drew Brees versus Carolina. Both probably going to put up a, a good amount of points. Deshaun Watson versus Green Bay. I think they're, he's going to put up plenty of points. I'll talk more about that later, though. Nick Foles in Monday night. You know, you, you got to love your quarterback on Monday night. It is at the Rams, but Nick Foles sometimes shows up. He's either, he's either a, a hero or a zero. Um, and, you know, it's in anybody's guess what it's going to be. My guess is Hero this week. I think he plays pretty week, uh, pretty well on Monday night. Not so amazing, but off the back of a defense that puts him in some great situations. Going into the running back, going into the wide receivers though, DeAndre Hopkins, CeeDee Lamb, Jerry Judy. Love Rumham's uh, wide receivers there. I think Juju's due. I think Stefan Diggs, of course, is going to have a great day versus the Jets. Now Robinson, again, that's great stack for unicycle polar bears. I still think I'm going to give the edge a little bit to Rumham there. Going into their uh, running backs, Zach Moss and Jarek McKinnon, it's just a very weak running back combination versus uh, Robinson and Dave Johnson. I'm, I'd take those any day. Then Noah Fant's not bad. Higby's okay, but Chicago defense is really good. I don't think anybody's defense is going to save him the day. I'm going to give Rumham the edge here, just just on a little bit of talent and some of the matchups, Hopkins versus Seattle, uh, the 
and, and the quarterback's probably going to win it. Yeah, so this is this is a crazy matchup, you know. If I'm if I'm Cameron, I'm wondering when Juju Smith or Juju Smith Schuster is going to show up because he really hasn't done much uh, this season. Uh, Claypool and and Deontay Johnson had a week, uh, but and and I know Washington, you know, went off. I think that was last week. So yeah, I'm Schuster's got to have something. He's going to come out sometime. He's uh, due. He's due. He is due. Uh, you know, I don't like his matchup for his running backs, nor do I like his running backs, period. Um, Higby against Chicago, you know, against tight end. I don't know if there's anybody better at locking down a tight end in Chicago. I think that's a that's a rough matchup. Foles is never really somebody, you know, I really want to pick Cameron. <laughs> I really, really do. Right? I want to pick Cameron because I think, you know, uh, his team is better than what it, the two and four that, it you know, that you see. Um, but he just... I just can't do it. Um, on the other side, Matt Ryan against Detroit, he's going to show up. Drew Brees against Carolina, he's going to show up. Those are two overpowering quarterbacks with great matchups at home. Uh, Hopkins on primetime is always good. Uh, he, uh, Trevor did trade for a, a second running back that I think is stronger than the other second running backs that he's had in, earlier in the season. I like uh, David Johnson and Robinson going at the same time. Um, I like Trevor's team this week. I think they're they're pretty much at full strength. I mean, this is what he wanted: Drew Brees, Matt Ryan. Uh, so he's if if there's a team to pick to win this this week, uh, it, it's going to be uh, you know Trevor. If I wasn't locking the easy win over Cause, I'd definitely be locking Rumham. So I'm going to pick Rumham to win this week. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, all right. Let's move in some uh, pretty important matchups here. Camacho. Versus Darth Scott, what do you think? Well, I mean, obviously, if you could give me a second to talk to my men here. Sure, sure, sure. Take all the time. Yeah, yeah. just uh, yeah. I feel like it's it's important to talk to everybody for a second because there's no more fucking excuses anymore. Nobody's on fucking by. Nobody's getting fucking injured. I'll give a shit if you have a fucking cue. I don't want to hear about any shit about. I don't have a fucking offensive line. I don't want to fucking hear about it. You're going to make every pass. You're going to make every run. You're going to get every first down. You're going to score every touchdown. You're going to make every fucking tackle. You're going to get every interception. No more excuses. This is it. Our time is now. Wow. You know, these pep talks have really worked for you. I mean, you're, you're like, you're winning a lot of these games. Uh, talk to your team. You know, last week, you know, I'd take a break, obviously. Um, but I think this is it. You know, this is, this is my, my go big or go home team. You know, this is, uh, I, you know, I feel like every season you take a couple shots and then you can make some trades. If you're some people like Trevor or John, you make several shots and make several trades, big trades. I mean, you know, that really change the configuration of your team. Um, and so, you know, you kind of take those couple second shots and then that's, that's kind of it. That's your second formation of your team essentially. So mm-hmm. this is what I'm riding with right now. Okay. All right. So uh, I'll let I'll let you go ahead and start with the matchup, and then sure. I'll, I'll defend myself after. Sure. Uh, Chase talked to me earlier today uh, about his Eagles because you know he he is an Eagles stack and a uh, and a Lions stack. He talked to me about the Eagles. He said he wasn't very confident in playing them. I mean, Eagles come out and score ten points tonight. Uh, Chase loses. Period. It's just not going to happen. Um, I. Th- they could have a good night. 
They could have a good night. I, I, I'm personally picking the Giants to win, but you know, you never know. But you have to play these guys, and it looks like he is going to play them. So, uh, Stafford against Atlanta. Obviously, we like that matchup. Wentz against the Giants. You know, we don't know what Wentz is going to show up, but I think you got to play him no matter what. Um, again, this is the highest projected running back that Chase might have had all season with Boston Scott, and I think Boston Scott almost definitely does not reach that 13.1 uh, mark that he has right now. Um, I think Boston Scott in all kinds of situations has not shown up. I've said this multiple times. I think he's, uh, you know, the Eagles running back position is just not fruitful. Um, I, I think you could see a lot of Boston Scott and whoever they have backing up Boston Scott, uh, you know, just scattered in there. Uh, so I, I don't really think he, that the Eagles are going to play up to the, what they want him to. I like Ful- Fulgham a lot. I think Fulgham is a Eagles receiver going forward. Um, but I just, there's just a lot of eggs in two baskets and the two baskets aren't very big to begin with. Um, I, I just, I don't like Chase's team this week on the other side. Um, Derek Carr, you know, I know they got flexed to Tampa Bay. The O-line, whole O-line having COVID kind of worries me. It should worry you too. Uh, so No excuses. <laughs> no excuses. All right. Uh, <laughs> uh, Herbert against Jacksonville. Herbert against anybody right now is, is a good bet for 20 points. So um, I do like that matchup. Claypool has been hot as hell lately. That lock at 16.5, man, it, he is just a projection monster. I don't think he reaches that, but, but he should have a decent game. Uh, your running backs are pretty pathetic, but if I had to pick a uh, running back that's uh, in in L.A. for the Chargers there, I would pick Kelly for sure. I think that he does reach that seven-point mark. I don't think they can win without him on the ground. I don't think Josh Jackson or uh, Justin Jackson is, is uh, the running back one there. I think it's definitely Kelly. Um, Peterson against Atlanta. I mean, you guys are dueling. Detroit running back, which is kind <laughs> <know>. of pathetic. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, on your side, you know, I don't know about the Spillane guy. I'll uh, I'll tell you this. Um, when I lost Evan Bush, I immediately went to the computer and tried to uh, look up who would be replacing him, who's going to fill that tackle spot, and Spillane wasn't one that I was going to see. I think Spillane was listed <laughs> as a as a safety on most sites. So he must be a bigger safety. Um, so I don't know. That's a big question mark. It's an intriguing question mark. I just don't know about your defense. I know your DBs just uh, are, are much better than his DBs on the other side. Um, but as far as D's concerned, Chase has fixed it. Okay. That Adams is good. And he picked up Murray off, the, uh, off defensive waivers and Hewitt hasn't played that bad. So I do think he has the edge there. Uh, but yeah, Spillane's a big question mark. I can't wait for you to tell me about him. Uh, I'm going to go ahead, and because I like Herbert so much, and because I think that uh, you have big games coming up for you out of, out of some people that we might not expect, um, I'm going to pick you this week. Ooh, flattered. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, I think it's going to be a pretty close matchup. Obviously, you got to look at the fact that, you know, this is – a lot of my team is a lot more about like, what have you done for me lately? And Yahoo is not very good at updating. What have you done for me lately? And projection wise, I mean, so uh, if you start with the defense, Brian Poole, I fucking love the guy. 
uh, he 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 kills it every week. Uh, he always shows up. He's one of those like perfect uh, DBs that like is the guy's open enough, but he gets a tackle, and maybe every once in a while he'll make a pl- an extra play or two. Jamal Adams, hopefully, he can come back and be the man I hope that we all think he is. If not, I've got uh, Troy Hill waiting in the background for Monday night versus Chicago, who I think might have a very big week. So I kind of want to start him. Uh, Minka finally showed up last week. Love that pick six. It was a great way to start the game. Just keep doing that like four or five times a week would be amazing for me. So, uh, Splain, if you were watching the game, uh, you know, you obviously, Devin Bush went down a really nasty play where it looked like he was honestly trying to let up from uh, hitting Kareem Hunt too hard because he dropped the pass. It looked like he was going to catch it and then he kind of, and he dropped it. And so, like, he tried to, like, stop from hitting him so he didn't get a defenseless uh, uh, receiver penalty and he just it was uh, you know non-contact injury on his knee and you, I, I could you could kind of tell right away you know those are the worst ones uh it's it's weird you know how those are the worst ones but those are usually ACL kind of tears um and Spillane came in the next play and then you know the next play and then uh and then the next play and then when you know the defense went off the field and but then when the defense came back on he came in on that play and then um do you, do you, do you, are you getting the, the, yeah. Uh, yep. the so trend you, here? you just kept yeah. seeing him come in. I wasn't really watching the yeah. first game. It, it's, the, yeah. it's, it's the bad part of watching Red Zone, I guess. Well, that's part, yeah. And, that, and, then, and for me, it's the same thing that I'm not watching the other games. And now I'll watch highlights, and I have my iPad usually on a second game, um, things like that. But it is limiting me as well because I'm not watching Red Zone, so watching as much. Um, but he actually came in and played fairly well uh, for – I mean, just coming off the bench um, and, and for, you know, replacing Devin Bush, who is an amazing athlete and all over the field. So uh, I do fully expect for uh, the Titans and other de- other offenses to try to go right at him. And since he's in the middle of the defense, obviously that's going to happen. Um, so I just – I think he's in the right place. And he, he impressed me for coming in for Devin Bush. Yeah, I didn't feel like the defense – was like, oh, shit, now the Browns put up 20 points because they didn't. Mm. So, I'll, I'll tell you, he looks like a running back for sure. <laughs> or uh, I'm sorry, a middle <laughs> linebacker for sure. You look at his picture, it's, it's very intimidating. Um, I, I agree, he does look like a running back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and then moving on to Levante David, obviously guy's been a beast. I think he just needs to keep, uh, keep playing the cal- caliber he's at. Goodson's been pretty solid for some tackles. I think he could have a good day versus Cincinnati. Uh, Gronkowski, I hope that Q is just a rest day. Um, Crosby versus Houston could have a lot of a lot of points up there. I think Peterson and Kelly, if you look at their numbers compared to what their projections are, they've been pretty consistent, which I've really liked. And uh, I mean that trade I made with Michael, I, I took that in a heartbeat. I was like, oh shit! Because I, I just done the Miles Sanders one. And I was like, yeah, I'll t- I'll do that for because I gave him uh, Jamal. What was it Jamal Williams? No, uh, the backup running back for uh, the Green Bay, who's mm-hmm. He's been okay, but uh, right. Peterson's been for him. So, what have you done for me lately? Uh, going in my wide receivers, I'm loving them lately. I'm even I'm debating on starting Cobb or Marquez Vando Scantling. I think they could both have decent weeks, um, but I'm liking Cobb a little bit more after watching that rewatching the Tennessee Houston game. I mean, if he could just get that passing touchdown in the red zone, that'd be really nice. Yeah. Um, and then going to the the quarterbacks could be pretty even. That that's a big Achilles heel, I think, right there. Is depending on how everything goes, especially with David Carr, no no offensive line. But uh, you know, as I said, no fucking excuses. So 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is huge for you tonight. I mean, the, the whole game is, is, is uh, pitted against you tonight. I mean, I'm sure you're rooting for a, a zero, zero game over there, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, or maybe just the giants just come out and just destroy them. Uh, but, but this is big, uh, you know, Chase's week, Chase's season could end tonight. Uh, you know, I won't say somebody with six losses uh, or five losses automatically is eliminated because you still can make the playoffs at seven and six if you win every yeah. game. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but it doesn't, it doesn't bode well. I mean, you were a step away from your deathbed mm-hmm. if you lose this game. So uh, yeah, we, I picked you, you picked you. Uh, so let's move on to our last matchup here. Sex Raptor against the Fupa Slayer. What do you got? I think it's a pretty good, pretty good matchup here. Um, Mahomes at Denver. I, I think Denver showed last week versus New England. Their their defense is no joke, and I watched them versus Pittsburgh. I knew that as well. Uh, Mick Fangio's defense. They're a kind of team that even if their record is bad, and it's like, oh, they don't have that many wins. They're in every game. They're not getting blown out by any means, and they're keeping it close because their defense keeps them in it. So mm-hmm. um, I think Mahomes is starting to understand a better way to play against defenses like that, like the Chargers and even uh, against New England and things like that. So you could still have a good day, but not the huge Mahomes days we're used to. Uh, Daniel Jones tonight at Philly. Philly's defense is also pretty good. They're both these defenses can rush the passer without blitzing anybody. But Danny Dimes, that's what we need to see. If Danny Dimes is going to show up in the lights, I think he might, especially when you're going against Teddy Bridgewater and Ryan Tannehill. Teddy Bridgewater, okay day back at New Orleans. He might have a little fire in his ass, you know, to go back where he was before. Tannehill looked really good last week versus uh, Houston. He had a rocker of an arm throwing intermediate to, uh, to short passes. Very, very good accuracy on those passes. I think you win the quarterback battle right there. Moving into your wide receivers, Calvin Ridley, I think, is going to come back. Chris Godwin showed up very well last week, going to come back this week very well. And Higgins could have a good day as well. Versus Tyler Boyd, Samuel, and Galladay. It's a tough matchup there. It's very close. I want to give you the edge a little bit, but it's it's very close. I do like your running backs a little bit more. Elliott seems to have the, the yips right now. Singletary just can't get anything going, and I don't even care if it's versus the Jets, sadly. But Kareem Hunt and King Drake have both been playing really well. And then, you know, I think that, you know, as well as Cook has been playing, I think you're going to have a better time with a bunch of Tunyons and Funyons. Mm. So I'm giving you the edge here. I'm taking Sex Raptor. I like your defense a little bit better with Schobert, uh, White, and Evans. Um, Wright is pretty good, and so is Xavier Woods. Davis makes a splash every once in a while, but I think your defense still holds solid and will take you in a very close matchup. Cool. Yeah, I mean, it is a close matchup. Uh, I, I get a bunch of close matchups, um, you know, at least for the past three weeks. I'm not getting these these freebies that some, some people are getting. Um, yeah, that'd be yeah. nice for I want a freebie. <laughs> I know people are getting some of these freebies where they come in the week and you know they can. I start, get max freebie fairly. <laughs> right, they can start to trade away people. They can bench people. They can eat buys. They can do all kinds of different things. You know, if I could get one of those, damn, that'd be great. Um, one of mine has already been ruined because Lamar Jackson isn't playing this week because of the whole Titan scandal. Anyway, uh, Daniel Jones needs to win tonight. He needs to play. He needs to play well tonight. 
uh, for me to be in the driver's seat here. The one of the things that I'm looking at fondly is the fact that all year my theme has been do not play anybody against Pittsburgh. Uh, Tannehill plays Pittsburgh. I think Tannehill has been great MVP caliber play so far this year. I think he comes out against Pittsburgh and uh, does not play MVP ish. So, um, you know, maybe not 30 points, maybe somewhere around 20 points. I'll, I'll settle for that. Um, yeah. I mean, my team has played decent except for the one week that I played you. My team has been okay. And, you know, I suffered a few injuries in that week I played you. Uh, one of the big things that I'm worried, I'm not worried about hunt, not worried about Drake. I think they have good matchups. I think they have great matchups. I'm really worried about, uh, Tunyon and him playing. Uh, he, he did not practice today. Uh, my backup plan was Evan Ingram and I was going to pick him up tonight and actually play him and cause beat me to it. So if Evan Ingram has a good night, you know, just know that, uh, I was a little slow to the trigger there. Um, on the defensive side, I'm not getting the projections that I want, just like you aren't getting the projections you want. Evans is getting zero, and I don't know why. It kind of worries yeah. me because Evans has kind of been a shithead. I've been looking up news left and right, try to see anything about Evans, and there's just nothing. Um, I don't know why Yahoo would say that. I hope he's not suspended. Uh, it, I'm going to have to research that and whatever. I might just trade him out for somebody else you know, as the week approaches, because maybe, you know, yeah. there this happens. I mean, sometimes there's just no news on anybody and then they just come in and they're, oh, they're suspended. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I am a little worried about that. I'm worried about his receivers on the other side. I know Boyd is a is a target monster over there for Cincinnati. Uh, you know, Galladay against Atlanta, he's going to get, you know, 10 plus. Elliott against Washington, he wants a revenge game. And even Singletary is playing the Jets, the, the college, uh, you know, ACC team. So, He's got decent matchups besides Tannehill. It's not as good a team as mine. I, I will, you know, I'll tell you that. But there is a possibility that he comes out and he scores points and he and he puts it on me. So um, I'm going to take me. I'm worried about it. I'm not going to hedge my bets by taking Foop Slayer because I think this is a really important game for me. I do not want a losing record after starting 3-0. and So uh, let's do it. Sex Raptor. Picking Sex Raptor this week. I like it. Yep. All right. Well, those are our matchups for the week. Let's get into our steam, week six steaming hot takes. Uh, what do you got for me? I've got two games that uh, one of them might be considered a matchup. Uh, well, I guess both of them are considered upsets. First, I'm going to start with Monday night. I think Chicago comes out and beats the Rams in the lights and lets everybody know that they're for real. I mean, it's week My seven. other – yeah. I know. Um, the, my other my other game that I, I actually really like is I think Houston's had enough, and I think that their defense is going to stomp Green Bay, and I think J.J. Watt is going to have a big day versus Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I don't mind that pick. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, we both have steaming or steaming hot takes. Uh, you know, for for wins losses this week, I'm taking the football team, Washington football team, and the Giants. <laughs> Both win this week, making a three-way tie for first place in the NFC East between the Cowboys, Washington football team, and the Giants. Second place, one in five, one four and one Eagles. Um, <laughs> no, not true. far behind. But uh, but yeah, it's going to be a bizarre headline going into Tuesday morning. That's my hot take. Let's get into the week six sleepers. Tell me, who do you like? I 
one I just said, I think J.J. Watt's going to have a great week this week. I think uh, last week he started coming back on. I think he's playing really healthy. I think he's getting back into form. Uh, and they, they're probably watching film on Tampa Bay just, uh, just you know, licking their lips this week. So I think he's going to have, have a big week. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we talked about it. I talked about it out loud on the, on the podcast um, just now. And so um, I just made a move live on the podcast. Wow. Um, I was about to say. For, for my sleeper here, uh, Jason Pierre-Paul. He has a sack in every week except for one uh, when they when they face the the Chargers in Week Four. Uh, he had one and a half last week. I mean, the guy's a monster. He was a monster before he blew his thumb off. He's a monster after. I know he's getting he's a little bit you know on the older side. Uh, but Las Vegas's whole O line may have COVID. We don't know who's going to play. Who's gonna play. <laughs> uh, so Very so <laughs> yeah, a guy that's you know Please. has has a sack in almost every game uh, and has put up multiple back-to-back. I mean, four out of the last five weeks, he's at least scored nine points. So uh, I don't know why he's still out there, but he's out there. I'm pick him up, hope for a home run. Uh, I know that really puts a lot of Tampa Bay defense on my side, but uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. And uh, that's my sleeper for this week. Uh, Let's go into the gambling corner. Give me one bet for tonight. And one bet for the weekend. What do you got? And I, I'm not gonna lie; these are some tougher matchups for the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, They're close. I, because like the two 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 games I said are upsets. I think they're still going to be close. Every game I'm looking at could go either way. Each team is I've seen them play good and bad. I think my easiest bet for uh, tonight, I'm going to say Danny Dimes two touchdowns at least. Okay. Um, and for the weekend, easiest bet would be L.A. Chargers over Jacksonville. Okay. Yeah, that's fair enough. I mean, we talked about how, uh, you know, Jacksonville's going to have a tough time or Minshew's going to have a tough time with that with that secondary. Uh, my one for the Knights is Giants going to win this game straight up. Uh, they're plus 220, uh, you know. So if you threw 100 bucks, you win 220. Uh, that's That's a hot deal. I think, yeah. uh, you know, I think, I think the game's way closer, especially without Ertz or an Alshon Jeffries not playing, uh, Miles Sanders not playing. The Eagles have yeah. already struggled offensively, and now you take out all those with no Goddard. I don't even know who's playing tight end for him. So uh, we'll see. I, I think the Giants' defense hasn't been nearly as bad as we think. Um, we'll see. I, I think the Giants do win this game. Uh, my big one for Sunday is, and I'll throw throw a hundred on it. Is going to be uh, the Pittsburgh. Uh, the New Orleans Saints and the Buffalo Bills all teased. So take them and uh, add six points. I think uh, that will put Pittsburgh at uh, an even touchdown plus uh, seven New Orleans just to win the game at minus one and a half. And Buffalo has to win by a touchdown over the hapless Jets. I think those are pretty much locks uh, and you can make more than uh more than 100, probably 100 to win 150. So uh, it's a pretty good deal. Those are my bets. That's all we pretty much have. We should uh, get to our sponsor this week. By Volvo. They're boxy, but they're good. We know they're not sexy, but right now isn't a convenient time to be sexy anyways with all the diseases going around. So be safe instead of sexy. By Volvo. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Volvo's nice, safe. 
hopefully we're all nice, safe, and uh, boxy this week. And, uh, you know, the people who deserve wins get wins. That's all I have for you. That's all we have for you. And as always, have fun. Good luck. Y'all have a great week. And uh, enjoy Giants-Eagles. It's been a pleasure. With your hands on your hips. So you can't see me, no, not at all.